This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Rich Hill's Golf Show Podcast, episode 65. In this episode, we cover loads of things. We talk about one of our favorite podcasts we've ever produced, which was last week's episode. We talk way in-depth tour news today. Yes. More than more than normal. Yes. So if you like golf, you're going to really enjoy this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we talk about Bryson, uh, Lee Westwood. We talk about the fantastic career of Phil Mickelson. Uh, we also, you asked me a question today, which I took two different ways if i took ownership of tailor-made golf mm-hmm. what would i do you towards the end of that this podcast when you're answering that you went you've never seen like that before in your life i think you were drunk <laughs> you also got asked which golf youtubers are you better than or worse than at yes. playing golf yes. which you were very weirdly you found real loads of names <laughs> you could beat and when it came to who would beat you, you suddenly started stumbling and muttering and bumbling around I'm just very, very self-confident. Um, um, we also talked about, I've got about five or six stories I would almost never tell anybody in the world of golf. Well, today in this episode, I share one of them. With 50,000 people? Yes. Um, I also had to make sure that I squashed your potential beef as well. You, oh, I know, uh, but you just, I start the fires, you put them out. I also quite like starting them sometimes <laughs> as well. I just like egging them, I fuel them, that fuel them, I don't start them, I fuel them. That's what I like doing. So guys, sit back and enjoy this episode. It's a bit random, but I think you really enjoy it. These are the kind of ones that I worry about. Like last week's with Robinson, when we did the two with him, I knew they were good content. I knew that people would enjoy them, and I kind of felt proud of them. Today, I'm walking out of here feeling a bit fuzzy-headed after an hour and a half, and I don't know if people are going to love this and think this is one of the best ever, or just say that was terrible. That's that's the risk you take. I'll let you guys, the listeners, be the judge of that. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. <laughs> Yeah, I think you did. Maybe <laughs> a bit do, too much. I feel like I'm a bit, woo, today. <laughs> so I'm very excited. The kids have gone back to school. Golf courses are opening soon. I'm ready to hit a beer garden and get on it. If, if you're not open yet. Interesting tour golf. You've got a really good 20 minutes ahead of you. If you're not, skip 20 minutes and then the nonsense starts. <laughs> like 35 minutes of tour news today. <laughs> Guys, sit back. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, go on then. Oh, me again, For I win. Sake. I'm going to count you in. Well, I'm not going to count you in. I'm just going to do it with an action. You have to do it already. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. God, that would work. Three, two, one now. Welcome back to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with producer Guy. Um, I feel like this is like the after party of the main event. Last week podcast was one of 
not only our favourites we've ever done, but noticeably one of the favourites from fans, followers around the globe. This feels like quite a lot of pressure today because we had a good guest on. Yeah. We've got no guests this week. Me and you chatting nonsense for an hour. Not sure what we're going to talk about. Um, but firstly, how good was James Robinson last week? James was great. I think the the story that he had, as much as, like I say, I've known him loosely. I don't know him loads and loads, but I know him a lot more now, obviously, after speaking to him. It could have gone on for another two hours comfortably. Mm-hmm. We did it for a three-hour stint, and it was amazing. Um, he's such a nice lad. Um, he's been loving the response from the podcast. He's had loads of new followers, loads of new uh, bookings and inquiries mm-hmm. for lessons moving forward. And he deserves it because he is a really good lad, and obviously he can but he amazing at golf. It's a shame that it didn't quite go the way it could have gone for him, potentially. Um, I think... It'd be interesting, I think you've touched on it, it'd be really interesting to get him back if he does go for open qualifying this year. Well, that's what the idea I had. I've already asked him, he was up for it. I think the audience will be up for it. We're going to, if he does open qualifying, he said this year, we're going to maybe do one podcast, we'll have two halves, do the first half, maybe the night before open qualifying, and then the second half, as soon as he walks off that 18th green. Do you think he'd let me caddy for him? Ooh, good shout. That'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? I think he would. I'd, I'd, I'd really enjoy that and I think for me we could have loads of things to talk about after the podcast then but even not, even if we don't carry for him let's, let's walk around and show him some support yeah I think that'd be really good um, so yeah thanks for that for James um, also just to clear up there was a little bit of confusion around um, some beef people were trying to get some beef out of it out of the situation people were trying to make a nasty thing out of a good situation guy talk to me and I don't like that always um there was a little bit of, how would we describe it, banterous humour at the start of the podcast where I might have said that we've got James Robinson on the podcast this week. Not the YouTube James Robinson that you might know from the likes of YouTube yeah. doing club reviews. No, no, and no, no, no. That was what I said, nice and professionally. I said, this week we've got James Robinson, not the one off YouTube who you may have seen his amazing videos. And then you came in, Mr. Aggressive. What did you say? <laughs> we've actually got the one that can properly play oh, golf. Wow. But listen... There is no beef. I know both Jameses. Um, I messaged James afterwards because I think he did maybe get a little bit offended by it. Or, somebody, you know, there was a few comments flying around Twitter. We've cleared the air. It was just a little bit of banter uh, between, you know, between golf professionals, between other YouTubers. And yes, I have a beef with a lot of YouTubers. <laughs> golf YouTubers. <laughs> like a lot. James isn't as high on the rankings as some others. I think what it is, it's your banter execution needs more work do you get what i mean like let's imagine we're opening bunkers right but and we've got banter my bank banter would be like <laughs> my banter like a nice 60 we degree what you say it's nice 60 degree open face really crisp a little bit of sand the ball pops out dead elegantly and just lands wow, like, a, think like, like like a butterfly with sore feet whereas your banter's like a bit fat it just rolls out i sometimes thin one and it hits the flag and i get lucky and, pops out, and yeah. i get lucky yeah um i'm, I'm not I'm not a banter man. <laughs> I, I just clip that. <laughs> I'm not a banter man. Uh, for me, um, I've I've learned a new term today, and I feel like I've I feel older today than I ever have done. Just before the podcast, we've got Harry and Matt behind the camera as well. Uh, I got called a boomer, so which ba- walking past, which basically means I'm dead old. Yeah, um, and, I fe- and I feel it today. But the thing, I think, the reason why I just um, 
just going to go over this was first that you said don't people to think there was beef that there wasn't no. we also had a really nice email off a gentleman who was a big fan of the podcast big fan of you and also a big fan of the youtube james robinson and he just really politely asked you know was there kind of some beef because he didn't know if it was a joke or couldn't kind of work out how to take it and i thought that was obviously a really nice worded email for a really kind of n- nice listener so we didn't want anybody else to kind of be taking it the wrong way and no. it was just a joke um but really the james robinson on the podcast is a much better golfer. Yeah, but then the other James Robinson's a much better YouTuber. Yeah. So what sorts of golf. What, anyway. Would you rather be a good golfer or a good YouTuber? Ooh. That's a good question. Hmm. You'd rather be a good YouTuber, wouldn't you? Let me think about that. Um anyway, that's out of the way. That's brushed under the carpet. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was like a public apology thing. Like when a celebrity gets cancelled and you have to go out and do a, a video. Don't be <laughs> I, I could say a lot worse about a lot more other people, but I won't do. I keep it. I'm very professional, and I and I don't like beef. It's that I'm not the beef man, but beef sells. It does, to be fair. We have beef with a lot of people, anyway. Um, but some other good news as well. Without trying to do any more, kind of just quickly, we don't do any more promo. But this this video, uh, this podcast, getting filmed again today. So little yes. clips of this will go on the second YouTube channel, possibly on Facebook as well. The second YouTube channel, the Rick Shields Golf Show, has just hit fifty thousand subscribers. So Mega. thank you so much. Um, and also, we're doing a giveaway on there as well, aren't we, for a driver? We are. So if you go and jump over to the second YouTube channel, and again, let me just clear this up. I feel like we've got a lot of politics to sort out at the start of this podcast, <laughs> and then we're going to flow. Okay. The second channel isn't. We saw a few comments. Well, I saw a few comments on Facebook when we started promoting the second channel. People getting a little bit confused or narky about it it's so different and i know people who enjoy the podcast will appreciate it you guys you guys understand i don't have to i don't have to explain it to you but if you could act as our moderators for people that maybe don't quite understand it basically the second channel is set up it started off as as a rick shield daily channel we first off started it if you remember if you're a proper og back in february last year where i was going to do many more behind the scenes we were going to make more vloggy style videos but then as the podcast started to develop and we started to film it became the podcast channel Mm. the rick shield's golf show podcast channel um on there we have pretty much stuck to the roots we've not been super active on it because we've not filmed that many episodes but right now certainly the last few weeks we've started filming them we've seen incredible success and each and every week you are going to get a new uh, series of videos from the podcast which may vary in length somewhere between three minutes and 15 minutes long that will be covering topics that we've talked about in the podcast so if you do want to see visuals if you do want to catch a little bit of a reminder you might jump in and out of the podcast but you might find the second channel to be really useful because you actually we might put imagery on there or videos of things that we've talked about well, it was like much more visual the perfect example of that was when james robinson played it was on the range of tiger yes we put that cl- that little still clip onto the clip yeah yeah. Um, and also when he, when he was teeing off on the first hole we had a great clip of like that the like you can really get the atmosphere when you can see visual clips more exactly so if you want to see those go and subscribe if you don't then don't that's also fine um but i was also going to say as well some other exciting news regarding the filming of the podcast we're currently sat here at the marriott worsley park who very kindly let us use the facility obviously social distance as you can see if you're watching but tell them the good news rick you should be telling them this well, we've got some really exciting news so for the last few weeks and months we've been looking at potential new studio spaces the podcast has now been filmed in several locations including a bench outside yes two benches actually outside one here in the courtyard and one in the halfway house my garage multiple times the old office here in the marriott on the comfort chairs and the yellow sofas that we used to film it on 
Are we just doing audio? Because I've got another one. We did it in another audio location. That was, Your house. Yeah, that was Which is terrible. <laughs> uh, we did it in a Holiday Inn. Oh, yeah, we with did John, John Robbins. Robbins. So at the moment, it's been a, it's been a mobile podcast. Mm. And we don't want it to be a mobile podcast. Because now we're filming it, it takes much more longer to set up the lights, the cameras, the audio. We can't control the audio as well because things are you know out of our control if people walk past or whatever it may be. So the exciting news from from now pretty much so you might see us in there next week but it might still take a couple of weeks we have invested in a new studio space which will allow us to create a phenomenal podcast setting where we can invite guests either in person or virtually Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to be able to film it a lot better we're going to be able to get better cameras better lighting Uh, we're going to be able to live produce it whether we choose to live distribute it we don't know but also the podcast setup will allow us to make even um, more bespoke video clips that might sit on the second channel which might not feature in the podcast there might be more topical news yeah because at the moment we're still only making one podcast a week and who knows this studio might allow us to make two podcasts a week potentially but also if there's breaking news that happens on let's say a friday we can jump in the studio create a couple of little cool little video clips to jump on the second channel so we're not missing out any of the action I think for me, the big thing for people that like to listen to the podcast, the benefit to them is I think our audio is going to get even better. And also it's going to actually encourage us to bring on more guests. Because at Correct. the minute, and I don't mean this in a bad way, when we've been in like your garage, for example, it's felt weird asking somebody to come to your garage doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. and stuff like that. Whereas with this, we're going to be more inclined to have guests on. And just touching on guests, off the back of how good James was, we're both definitely wanting more guests, aren't we? Yes. But I think the big key for me, and I know you agree with this, it's not always about having superstars. It's about having people with a really good story. Correct. And I think James proved that. Um, so we've got another one lined up for a couple of weeks, which I won't spoil just yet. But Well, I'll, I'll get, it's going to be someone that's a golf club professional, but with yeah. a really good story and kind of telling as it is. And actually got mentioned in the last podcast episode as well. So uh, I think that'll be a really, really interesting story. And again, as Guy just mentioned, it doesn't have to be your superstars. We've had superstars on the podcast, and it's amazing listening to the stories of how Robbie Williams started playing golf mm-hmm. and things like that, and Marcus Brownlee and John Robbins. And, you know, we've had some phenomenal guests on so far. But as Guy mentioned, some of the real stories are more interesting. Yeah. You know, James, James is story could be made into a film 100 percent easily i'd watch it so it can make an amazing podcast so if you've got suggestions of guests we'd love to hear it we'd love to get more guests on and like i say with this new studio space we're going to be much more proud to be able to invite people down create more fantastic well-planned well-produced better quality podcast which is going to help you enjoy the platform more and i think just last thing about talking about the podcast before we get into the proper podcast <laughs> which i think we sometimes do too much of but we certainly joke and add it on my own kind of social media and whatever on, on, on the we do it on the rick shields pod page a bit as well as like numbers like our oh, number this in the uk or this many downloads or this many subscribers and it's just done kind of tongue-in-cheek. But how much we are absolutely loving this, aren't we? And we appreciate everyone that listens and watches it. We do joke about numbers, and we want to do as well as we can. But we absolutely enjoy doing this so much, don't we? Yeah, I mean, if we weren't number one, we probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> would have would have sacked it off by now. But no, seriously, it is amazing. Like I say, it started off uh, back in the 2019 as a way of being able to share more stories of behind the scenes of the workings of the Rick Shields Media Company, uh, certainly r- around videos and things that we produce that I think, you know, sometimes is missing and lacking a, a little bit of context. So it's mm-hmm. really a good opportunity for that guy. has been it, an amazing uh, producer on it and, and being able to plan it out. But also it's, it, it is enjoyable, like, 
I do enjoy the podcast. I really get up for it, and I think it's making me watch more golf yeah. as well, which we're going to come on to with the Bay Hill uh, that happened last night. Um, and it, it's just it's just a, a really nice strand, and the interaction that we're getting on Facebook and the, and Twitter and Instagram has been amazing. You guys seem to be loving it, and thanks for keeping us number one with the most downloads everywhere <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> well, I saw a comment. This is literally the last thing now. I saw a comment from somebody that was really, it was really um, kind of useful. And it made sense. It was something on lines. I think it was on. Um, it was either an email or I think it was a Facebook comment actually, and it said that when they listen to the podcast, just us two, they'll kind of put headphones in, do a bit of this, do a bit of that, and kind of just have it on in the background and kind of dip in and out. With the Robinson one, though, they had to actually stop what they were doing and, and actually find time to proper listen. Because if you miss five minutes or three minutes or even 30 seconds, the story's kind of lost you. And that was really quite insightful. And it's like, that's true. When we have guests on, they're going to be kind of possibly longer form and the kind of ones we need to be kind of concentrating. Whereas this kind of style with me and you, it's just a bit more like have it on, doing the dishes and just listen to us chat nonsense. Let's start off yeah. with number one topic, Bryson D. Chambeau. So we're just coming off the back of him winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill um, with a one-shot victory over uh, Lee Westwood. Mm -hmm. And it was a phenomenal uh, display of all-round expertise with Bryson. But there was definitely a talking point on the sixth hole, the par five, which we would need to come on to. And we also need to come on to the driver that he was using, Mm. which is quite interesting. Um, Bryson wins again, eighth PGA Tour victory. Wow. And you've watched quite a lot last night as well as as me. I wouldn't say a lot, but I did definitely watch some. And that's actually testament to Bryson because I only really watched it because it's Bryson and he hits it miles and it's fun to watch. I think I'm the same. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think I'm the same. If 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 at the top of the leaderboard yesterday, it would have if Bryson wasn't there or Jordan Spieth wasn't there, maybe I could I just really still quite like watching Jordan Spieth I'd like to see him win uh, or maybe Lee Westwood wasn't up there I probably wouldn't have switched on mm. as early and watched as much and I timed it really well where Bryson was on the sixth hole ready to see off this is on I saw it on the Saturday or went oh crazy over social mm. media so the sixth hole if you're not aware of it it's a par five but it wraps around a lake and it's like a 550 yard par five so most people will play it around the lake and there's a two shotter or a three shotter it's not a super difficult hole but off the tee shot you can't go left like you're in the lake the more you cut off the corner i think from tee to green it's like 355 yards of carry but it's over pure water alligator infested water (laughs) right and bryson mentioned at the start of the week that if he had the opportunity he would be going for the green on a par five that is outrageous only one person that I know has tried to do it before. Back in 1998, John Daly attempted it. Uh, he ended up scoring 18 on that hole. Wow. So he didn't succeed. How did he get an 18? <laughs> uh, I've got it, actually. Let me grab my phone one second, because I sent it to a mate the other day, because he was asking, who's has anyone ever tried it before? And I said, I think someone has, actually. He... Could Bryson get, though, with the right wind, do you think? Correct, he could. Wow. So John Daly, tee shot in the water. Yeah. He then, he didn't actually go for it again, weirdly. He then took a drop slightly closer from the point of entry. So it yeah, was yeah. still all right. And then hit three wood. Oh my, trying to go over it again. Once, four times from that location. Then he hit three wood onto the fairway. So that was his 13th shot. His 14th shot, this is John Daly back in 1998, the final round. His, his 14th shot was going to go in the water left of the green. It hit off a rock, 
bounced the other side of the green and landed on in a greenside bunker. Oh my right? God. He then wedged it on to his 16th shot and then two-putted for 18, right? What's amazing, the very next hole he birded. But he also said he got panicky because he was down to his last golf ball. Oh, my word. So that golf ball that hit the rocks and bounced in the bunker, if that would have bounced the other way, he'd have had to withdrawn from the tournament because he would have run out of golf balls. Um, so that's the last person who tried to do it. Um, there's been some videos, certainly I think Golf digested a video with uh, a few long drive guys where they actually attempted to drive the, the um, screen. Did anyone do it? I think they did. I think they got certainly close. Um a lot of it's down to the wind. So I think Thursday, Friday, it was un- unobtainable because of the wind conditions. But then Saturday, it was much calmer wind. So Bryson kind of went semi towards it and carried it like 350 odd yards and rolled out to 370 in the rough. Walks off with birdie, but a very, very easy birdie. And then yesterday, he went a little bit more of an aggressive line and found himself hitting it into what would be perceived as almost a greenside bunker about 50 yards short of the green, not quite green side, but second shot type of bunker. Um, missed the green on his second shot. He missed the green both times on his second shot, Saturday and Sunday, after driving it massively down there, but actually got up and down both times for birdie. He literally is absolutely destroying the golf ball, isn't he? That drive, was it the third round that kind of went viral, where he kind of stood behind it and waved and it was the second round? Uh, third round when he put his arms up in the yeah. air and... Like that was ended up on YouTube trending, the PJ yeah. Tours video. But what's mad is that's not like him just smacking it at the driving range or at home training. That's actually like a PJ Tour event where there's water, obviously, everywhere. Yeah. But what interests me the most about this from a bit of a club equipment nerd was the driver he was using. He wasn't using the new 2021 Cobra Rad Speed driver. What was he using? Well, so I noticed on the Saturday that he had a different driver. How did you notice it? Just from the colour. Yeah. So it just blacked out. The bottom of it. Yeah, it yeah. just blacked out. And I, and I just thought, that's not the rad. And it's not the speed zone, which, you know, if you're not familiar, the, the new rad is uh, Cobra's new lineup of driver, which Bryson has had in the bag before. He also was super successful with the speed zone driver, which again, he had in the bag before. So there's been some spec that's come out. And I contacted my contact at Cobra, and I think you did the same, but actually it's even come out even further now. He was using the Cobra LTD Pro in a 7.5 degree loft in a, a, a bad a Bryson DeChambeau prototype 60 gram X shaft in 45.75 inches, a Jumbo Max Light XL grip. Now all that sounds great. But if people remember, the Cobra LTD Pro was the one with the window at the bottom. Yeah, the hole almost. So what they were saying is that it had a very centered gravity. Like they all like, The whole idea of that driver, it had a zero degree sp- uh, axis around the middle of the head. So basically, the, the center of gravity was as close to the middle of the head as possible. And that's why they invented this kind of alien window so you could look inside it because there was nothing inside it. It was quite kind of novel at the time. I remember re- reviewing that driver and thought it was shocking strikes off the bottom were horrendous for that driver so high spin mm. and no losing loads of distance so um and again going back to that, that driver was dated that came out in 2017 so apparently he was using it it spins a bit more for whatever reason so that's why i wanted to use it and i would agree with that because as i mentioned the strikes off the bottom spin up like crazy i was thinking then from i don't know how much it, it's always hard isn't to measure how much an athlete on tour actually affects club sales. You, th- you think on paper it should do, which is why all the brands sign these 
at Rory's, Tigers, Bryson's for millions of dollars a year, whatever. But now, if you look at what Bryson's using, his putter is not conventional. I know it's not Cobra, that's sick, but that's not conventional whatsoever. He's using one-length irons that I think, again, aren't really conventional. I think Cobra say when they make an iron set that's got one length and a normal variable length option, I think it's normally about 20% of the sales that the one length get. Don't quote me on that, I think it's roughly that. So again, it's it's not a big piece of the pie. And now, his drive that he's using, you can't buy because it's an old one, it's four years old, which in golf terms for drivers feels ancient. Is that good or bad for Cobra then? Because I don't think it's great. But but it depends. We know this information. Mm-hmm. And people listening now will know this information. Does everybody know this information? Like, I don't believe that even fairly hardcore golf fans who watch the golf on a Sunday night, they might not have picked up on no, that it wasn't the latest Cobra driver. Uh, I've got his full spec here. He was using a prototype three wood. Um, he was using... Uh, speed zone one length four and five iron cobra king forge tour one length irons yeah wedges artisan prototype oh so that not, the, yeah. not cobra um he used obviously a bridgestone ball it's not cobra they don't make a ball like i agree with you and i know what you're saying that if you went to a golf course now and asked most people they wouldn't know but on the other side of the coin how good ever a marketing opportunity would that have been for Cobra the new rad speed when he's smacking it over that water at 330 yard carry whatever it was and now they can't really use that because it's an old driver but what's really bad about this as well I'm just on an article here from a from a oh it's changed it must have been an old article does that say he used in the rad speed it, it was it was dated the 1st of Feb but I've just refreshed it for some reason I don't know why it's done that and it's swapped now to the Cobra King LTD I think it's really interesting. I think, you know, a lot of these athletes and you say, who would you say, which brand do you think gets their athletes in the, in the product the best? TaylorMade. 100%. You'd see TaylorMade and you'd be really surprised. And we talked about it recently with DJ yeah. winning with just the SIM driver and not the SIM 2. Typically, TaylorMade, you see all of their new athletes using the SIM 2 driver with almost no ex- no excuses, pretty much. As soon as it comes out, they're normally in it, aren't they? Do you think with Bryson and Cobra, do you think the ball is always in Bryson's court? Like 100%. The Cobra just kind of go, you literally can have what, you can play with whatever you want because you are our golden child. Well, when they signed him, what were those irons he was using? That Dremel brand was I, I, that? Adele. Adele. E-D-E-L. So they had to make him a set of irons that they knew you could never really purchase because of the weights and the grips and them, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, they then brought out one length irons for the consumer. But, they he's that much of like a scientist isn't he and and obviously now he's on this distance quest they can't expect him just to put the new one in for the sake of it he won't no, do it will he no it's just the fact that it's a four year old if it was last season it might not have been much an issue if he said oh I'm using my last year's drive because it spins a bit less yeah. it's just with it being four years old it, I don't know It's hard. it might not make any difference whatsoever and we're just talking for speculation's sake but surely it must hurt them a little bit like how is he even using that driver like is that one that he had knocking around I can't imagine so Cobra must have somehow supplied him with that driver. So I know, I know Jose quite well, the uh, one of the chief engineers at Cobra, and I think he he might be the guy that fits Bryson. I might not I might not be true to that. 
there must have been a conversation there that goes right this rad speed driver when i absolutely bomb it and maybe hit one high off the face and because i'm producing now 130 miles per hour club head speed and i'm producing nearly 200 miles per hour ball speed the spin just drops off it and i don't get any distance because that's what will happen Mm -hmm. typically I need a driver that's going to spin up a little bit more. Certainly, if, if I'm now hitting eight degrees on the way up, he's going to catch some more out the bottom without question. And again, his normal rad speed driver might be low spin because that's what a lot of players want. They want low spin even off the bottom strikes. It's something I would desire. But again, I'm not hitting the, the speeds that he's hitting it at. Um, so they must they must have given that driver to test or try or they must have. Like you said, it might not make any difference. But the last thing on this is surely consumers are going to... I know he's, he's a bit different and he hits it so hard, he's not almost human-like, but surely if he's one of the best golfers in the world now and he's happy to use four-year-old equipment, does that not tell people actually the latest and greatest doesn't always perform any better and just stick with what you've got? Maybe. What do you think around the fact, and I want to come on to Lee Westwood much more detailed in a minute, the fact that in the final round it was Bryson DeChambeau and Lee Westwood going head-to-head. There was There was... Uh, one shot in it i think uh, before they went out and played um and considering the length difference mm-hmm. that bryson had over lee westwood there was only one shot difference in the score or one or two there was one i think in the one end. shot difference but as in what was that. the final round score actually i think he was one over and one under I feel so two like, shots. I think it was don't again don't quote me on that i only briefly looked considering the length difference yeah, so Bryson final round shot one under, Westwood final round shot one over. Um, only, t- well, two shots is quite a lot actually, isn't it? Because if you did that over four rounds, that's that's eight shots difference over a competitor. Yeah. Do you think that predominantly came over distance? Do you think it came over other areas as well, well from that watching the golf That night? putt that he missed on 16, Westwood was a massive one. But with the distance, I'm just looking now. Was it that third round where, again, Bryson at that drive that got loads of her time, yeah. literally, and, and yeah. Well, I say he still only got a birdie. I say only, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But that drive was phenomenal and obviously makes the hole easier for him if he executes it. But how many others would have birdied that hole? I'm guessing pretty much everybody, a lot of golf would birdie that par five. I don't know. I don't even get the numbers up. So um, even though he's getting that absolutely, you know, ridiculously cool-looking shot and it's going viral, I bet most of the players who didn't go down that route still birdied it. Yeah. So Ma- ha- yeah. McElroy didn't on his final round. He made a seven. Um, but do you know what I mean? So how much of it... Obviously, I love the whole Bryson thing that makes you want to watch golf, but how much of that does that always make a difference versus just looks really, really good? Well, let, let's use someone like... And a weird example here. Uh, Brandon Steele. Okay? Mm-hmm. Don't know why I've picked him, but he, he, he finished top 20 or tied 18th, right? I don't know... He, I don't think he's a long hitter of the golf ball at all. He's been out on tour for ages. Out of the four times he's played the sixth hole, he birded it twice. No, he birded it once. So he's so he's given up three. Like did, did I Bryson, think right, I think he got three out of four, Bryson, from what I looked at before. Uh, six. He eagled the. He birded it. Six. Oh yeah, he, he parred it on the second round. Yeah, so he's three under through those four holes. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I think for me, his execution around the greens massively should be shone upon as well. Like his chipping is phenomenal. His putting is just outrageously good. Like mm. I was watching that put on the 18th hole last night and he he needed like a six footer to win 
to hold off Lee Westwood for it to go in the playoff, I would have almost bet my life he was going to hold it. Mm. Like, for me, there was no possibility he was going to miss that, ever. Where, I think for a lot of... Like, if that was Rory McIlroy stood over that putt, I wouldn't have been as sure. Mm. Or if it had been anybody else, really, unless it was Tiger. Like, I feel like Bryson is getting that prowess where now he is clutch. He's doing it when he needs to do it. He's not only got the length, he's got the short game, he's got the putting. He is going to be... I think a massive world beater as long as he doesn't almost shoot himself in the foot by going too kind of addicted it, to it. It definitely makes it more fun to watch. Again, yeah. I said that I think three times now. That's why I watched it. But the only thing is with this massive hitting, obviously when it's on, it's on and that's been proven on that hole in particular. But equally, he could have easily just snapped up one of them and hit it left and gone in the water. And if you're coming down the, that hole in the last round, and obviously you do do that, and that ends up giving you a double bogey or whatever, or a bogey, that could be the difference, I suppose. So yeah, big time. it'll be interesting that you said over a year, over two years, over maybe five years, how many times he destroys the field, which he will do, playing like that, he will destroy the field. But also how many times it ends up making him have a shocker. And those, maybe he gets an 18 like John Daly. So over, like I said, over five seasons, how much does that, does that gain him? Yeah, and almost hitting it that long, like for for everybody else playing that golf tournament yesterday or, or this week, not one of them thought about driving the eighteen, the, the sixth hole. Let's say, and we're using that sixth hole as quite a big example, but I think it it kind of it is a really good example for this. Where for most everyone else, they didn't even they don't even think about it. It's not it's a it's a not a thought. They not just play it the it? conventional way. Where is Bryson as a good thing or a bad thing, giving himself almost more options? Um, Give props for Westwood yep. playing with him in the final round. I want to I want to come on to Westwood more because I think the last couple of seasons, last year he won the race to Dubai, had a phenomenal year, won multiple times on tour, uh, got me to caddy for him one time, which was good fun. He <laughs> is nearly forty eight years of old, of age. How good is he doing right now? Unbelievable, unreal. Like he's just controlling that his uh, game so well I love watching him hit driver it's not obviously like watching Bryson hit driver but it just looks like from what he gives it to what he gets out it just looks so efficient it just looks like he pipes it every time yeah there's a couple of things a lot of questions obviously he's one of the golfers and you you put a list together of really famous golfers that haven't won a major and he is he is top five in that list wouldn't you wouldn't you say um, Colin Montgomery Monty Westwood who else would you put up there it's hard to think now um, they're the two that's, that come straight to mind Luke Donald, maybe. Not really. Not quite. Possibly not quite in the same bracket for me. Um, trying to think. There will be a really good list. Famous golfers have never won a major. Do you think getting close to his fiftieth birthday? Do you still? Do you think? I know it sounds like a really open question, but the way he's playing, has he got a major still in him? And could you could you envision him doing it? Um. I mean, I don't watch enough golf to really give a proper answer, but I would say, obviously, perform in terms of skill set-wise, yeah. If he's that good on the PGA Tour with the proper big names in, yeah. It's just whether on that last stretch, that nine holes to finish at Augusta or at the British Open, whatever it might be, how, how much would that get to you? It's almost a bit like last night again, like 16. Mm. That wasn't a hard birdie to make, and he would have put the pressure on, yeah, change on, momentum. A, on Bryson, and then he didn't make it. Imagine though, like these young lads, are Colin Marikawa or um, well, any of those. There's loads of young lads now. Matt Wolf, up, Matt Wolf all these guys. For them, obviously, winning a major, they'd be so nervous and stuff going down the last few holes. Obviously, but it might never come into their mind. But also, you kind of know. Well, I'm going to put myself in this position twenty more times. Yeah. For Lee Westwood, if he gets in that position again, 
to handle that pressure would yeah. be but that that would be a Hollywood movie. Imagine that. The golf most the best golfers never win win the Must major. Must be Monty. Matt Kuchar. Oh yeah. Ricky Fowler. I, I don't. Still, cla- I still class him as young. I do. Doesn't feel like it. I mean, he's only he's thirty one, but so he's still, got time. it's not like obviously Westwood, Ian Poulter, mm. Luke Donald. Weirdly, Monty's not on this list, but he, he is on that list definitely. Um, considering how many um, how many rate of the buys and order yeah. of merits and stuff he won, um, yeah, I, I think for me it's it's a shame. I, I don't think he could have done much more yesterday. I don't know if you saw the incident as well when he drove it on the 18th hole and his ball found a divot. Yeah, awful. I mean that re- that should be a, a a preferred lie, a drop, shouldn't it? Really, a free drop out of a divot. Do you think that's the the weird? Do you think that's the worst rule in golf? Yes, I do because it's unfair. But equally, I think if it was a rule, how many times are people getting a, not a great line go? That's an old divot. That oh yeah, that's, that's the point. problem because it, any little what mark in the fairway. It? I know. Yeah, what is is it? When you think of a divot, you think of a fresh one that's just not been replaced, don't you? That was like done two minutes before. Yeah. But equally, if the divot's been put back, what about minging? Is it still uh, a divot? Is it not? Yeah. So it, it, it would be too much of a grey area. You'd almost have to. Yeah, you'd almost have to do every shot that's on the fairway. You can take preferred lies, yeah. but then that would take away from playing it. Quite good it, in a way, though. <laughs> playing it as it lies, really. Have we done enough tour talk now or not? But, I feel like tour talk's always a bit like I don't because I don't watch enough of it. I have to be kind of very prim and proper with what I say, and it's like nerve wracking. I, I just like it because at the moment I feel like golf's coming back. We're getting to spring. Golf in the UK is opening in three weeks' time. I feel like the Masters is just around the corner. Mm, I feel like there's a lot, there's lot of exciting golf happening. And I, I am quite into it at the moment. So I'm not dead into it. By I, into it, you mean nine holes on a Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> that's enough, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and honestly, that's I'm not ashamed by that. Um, like I watched the last 20 minutes of United versus City, and I felt like I'd, I knew exactly what we were doing when Was we, that cause you when were we beat him 2-0. Yeah, yeah. By the way, my stomach keeps rumbling. Have you heard it? Yeah. No one else hear it? It's yeah. really quite loud. So if you hear that in the podcast, I'm just really, really hungry, yeah. Um, I was hoping we could hurry up and do this. Um, <laughs> right, so this week, we've had a bit... Where, where we, how, that feels like that's been a nice kind of solid start, that. Yeah, an hour and a half. <laughs> it would surprise <laughs> me. But we've got loads of good questions off Facebook. Um, again, we're getting loads and loads of good questions on Facebook. So if you're not a member of the group, join it. The Rick Shields Golf Show podcast <laughs> on Facebook. 50-odd thousand members on there. It's a really good community. Join. And um, I'll just put my, phone, my torch on my phone, my mistake. And also, if you want to be in the clubhouse, the... Um, what would you say? Explain the clubhouse in a sentence or less to people who don't know what it is. Somebody that's listened to every single episode, yeah, and you're waiting for the next episode to download. And while yeah. you're waiting for that episode to download and, and be released every Tuesday morning, at, you know, one a.m. UK time, you, there's a place to chill. Okay, there's a place to sit back, reflect on the podcasts of, of past, of famous ones such as obviously the James Robinson one. Yeah, and Robbie. People just chat about those ones. Can we do role play? Right, it sounds weird, but hear me out. You're Rick Shields, right? That's who you have to be. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll drive a mess. And shops are reopening, right? 12th yeah. of April, I think it is. You walk around the Trafford Centre. Okay. You've been... You're looking for a new hi-fi. You got back into music. Oh, you okay. got... No, actually looking for um, a vinyl player. What okay. they called a vinyl. What's the actual name for it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Been to record player. Record player. You've been to Curry's PC World. Not found the one you're wanting. Okay. You're walking out, right? And somebody comes up to you and they say, Hiya, Rick. Um, I'm a follower, fan. Can I get a picture? Your reaction would be? Oh, yeah, not a problem. Okay. Socially distanced, yeah, of yeah. course. Same scenario. Someone walks, same person walks up to you. Hiya, Rick. Um, can I get a picture? I'm actually in the clubhouse. What's your reaction then? Oh, well, that's different. Let's go, let's go and have a little coffee. Let oh, me really? treat you. 
listen, right here, Costa Coffee, you and me, let's have a little date. Let's yeah. let's talk about the let's talk about your favourite episodes. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about I mean, when I say coffee, you'd have to order obviously an obligatory tree. He or she, we have some female listeners. Monster. Yeah, yes. Uh you'd have to pick up a dairy <laughs> dairy bar milk with cream egg or whatever it is yeah. that you used to talk about. Um and we'd sit down and, and we'd we'd laugh and we'd we'd have a, such a jolly time and re- reminisce over the time when you couldn't say um delusional delusional and I feel like he'd know they'd know more in jokes than I would oh, remember. Yeah, definitely. Like they would remind me of the in jokes. Uh, which I'd like. I'd laugh and I'd play along and probably I'd give it five minutes and get a little bit bored and won't really want to speak to him anymore. And then <laughs> I'm going to be a bit like, how do I get out of this conversation with this weirdo? That's been- that was all good up to then. Leave it at that. So if you want to be Brick's best friend and play golf in forever. I'd also ask him, do you know where to buy a record player from? Exactly. I, I'd like to think he, is a, he has a mate called Dave. He ring, ru- FaceTimes Dave. He, and, he, and Dave has a little boutique rest, like a record player shop in the centre of Manchester. Yeah. And he goes, why don't you come with me, Rick? I've got a white transit van outside. Jump <laughs> in it. That's weird. <laughs> Jump in it. We'll 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 head down to like somewhere like cool, like Ancoats. Yeah, and it's got, Dave's got a, a cool record player shop. Can I ask a question as well. It's a cool record shop, but is it also microbrewery? Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. And they sell falafel burgers. <laughs> and he says, "Come on, we'll go down." My mate Dave's not. He, he might look a bit creepy. Yeah, but he's he's sound. You'd fit in with that beard as well. You're yeah. in. Yeah. I turn up to record shop. Yeah. Dave's like six foot six. Yeah. He has a big, big beard. Yeah. Like long beard and a face full of tattoos. Has he cycled to work as well? No. Is he not? I Motorbike. Like, oh, oh, Motorbike, right, okay. like an old Harley. Yeah. But then he's, he's salt of the earth. Yeah. Like big Dave is salt. Like he, he, he can't do enough for you. And he, and he, and he doesn't, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but he knows Chad. Yeah. Who does. And he gives us a 10% discount. <laughs> All that happens if you're in the clubhouse. That could be you sat there at home. Um, okay, that was that was good. I've got a dear Rick for you. You ready? Okay. Um, it's a long email, but what was quite good, it was done in two parts. So okay. there was a kind of first part, then there was a dear Rick at the bottom. So I'm going to come straight into the dear Rick. It's from, um, well, I'll say it's, it's, from, it's from Joseph um, or Joe. It doesn't matter. I, I'm going to start going with, unless you say, please don't mention my name at all. I'm going to give people's first names. We don't yeah. know who it is from first name. Um, it says, I'm uh, 30 years old. I've been a member of my golf club just over a year and got my handicap at 22 pretty quickly. Over the course of the past year, I've won a few um, comps and um, placed top 10 a couple of the medals and a few of the majors. And I'm now playing a 14 handicap. Okay. I'd like to get down to single figures by this time next year. I've had no lessons so far, just tips off the lads at the golf club, etc. Will I need lessons to achieve this? And are there um, un- other avenues such as new clubs that will help me achieve this? Also, what do you think is achievable? So realistically, he's a 14 handicapper, wants to get single figures in a year. What would be your kind of top tips? Did it, did it just mention how long he's been playing for? I think he said he started, he joined the club um, last year. Let me just find it again. So he, said don't, he said he's 30. Yeah, I don't think he's been playing that long, but I've been lost the email now. Well, first off, he's done, re- it, he's done really well to get down to 14 mm-hmm. handicap, you know, if he has picked up golf fairly recently. You know, certainly I always think if you're, a, if you're not a kid anymore and you're not literally playing every single day without question, 
if you pick it up in your adult life and get down to 14 in, in a very short time, that's amazing. So he has played for a few years, but I think the last couple of years it's got proper yeah, into it. So he's a beginner, a beginner-ish, really. So I think the first thing is obviously pat yourself on the back. 17 to 18 handicap is the kind of the UK average. So you're already below that. And really now you've you've just got to sharpen up some of your areas. You've Again, you could explore lessons. You could explore new golf clubs. I'm not ruling those options out. Um, but you have to really look at it and go, are they going to make a big difference? Like, is my driver? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. For example, if I got a new driver, will it help me hit it 50 yards further? And if the answer is no, well, don't bother picking up a new driver, potentially. Lessons might be really good if I get, or obviously I'm a big advocate of lessons as being a golf coach myself lessons are great just go in there with a plan and make sure that the coach is aware of your intentions and what you want to try and achieve and try and go in there with just a bit of a loose plan of i feel like my chipping isn't as good as it Mm -hmm. could be 
but then that's that that's kind of going down the the um playing with clubs and getting a good fitting and having lessons that's one route yes you could definitely take my other route joe will be surround yourselves with the best players in the club mm. like if you just want to if you just want to do it the organic way good shout surround yourselves with single figured golfers so when you when you the golf course is reopened again and the saturday start sheet comes up on the on the notice board or on the website pinpoint a group of good players and stick your name down with them what's good well it varies on well, in this for, situation for we're him thinking. single people who, who are we, single who he wants to emulate yeah. so i think single figure golfers category one golf is category still a thing by the don't way don't think it is anymore but it's yeah like five five, five handicap or less stick your name down you might feel awkward you might feel out of place at first because you might think i'm not good enough to play with these single figure handicappers but don't worry like a 14 is nothing to be embarrassed oh, no. about like if 14 handicapper played with me i would be over i'd be delighted like yeah. there wouldn't be an issue i wouldn't feel like well i wouldn't feel like anyone would be slowing me down anyway but no. just get those conceptions out of your yeah head. i think just a note on that what you're saying that you know, when I was a lower handicap years ago, and obviously you were at your golf club, it didn't matter who you were paired with as long as it was sound, yeah. it really? So if someone's off 28, you're going to feel nervous off 28 playing with a four handicap, a scratch handicap, a 10 handicap. But as long as you're a nice person, no one's really bothered. Exactly. So that's a note on that. But carry on, sorry. Yeah, so surround yourself with good players, learn what they do, but just, just play with good players. Like, practice with good players, play with them, like, get in their click if you can. Because mm. um, it definitely makes a huge difference. I really do think that. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's two routes. Yeah, go down... Maybe have a look for some lessons, get some really good expertise, improve on a few areas that you need to improve on. I don't know your strengths and weaknesses, Joe, particularly, but try and identify those. So when you go to the lesson, think that the process is sped up. Yes, potentially look into new golf clubs if you feel like they're holding you back. That's one route. But then the other route is just play with good players. You will see what they do. You'll you'll enhance your game, your ability by surrounding yourselves with better players that's, on a weekly that's, basis. That, that's a good shout. I hadn't thought of that about playing with better players because you do pick up stuff, don't you? Even little things like, um, well, actually, just come on to that. I actually, so a guy messaged me with a very similar question, almost exactly the same question on Instagram. And you know, I'm into voice notes recently. I always send you voice notes. I sent him a voice message back. Wow. And he was basically asking me, um, he wanted some good advice, which came straight to me, obviously. <laughs> he was asking the same thing. He was off, I think he was even off 14, wanted to get down to nine. And I didn't think, what you just said then is a really good point on the playing with better players. But one thing I said, which is kind of similar-ish, is just, if you're off 14, you, you know, you've, probably got it in your locker to shoot single figure handicap scores nine overs etc but so much of when i've heard of some friends who are off that kind of handicap in that ballpark it's it's the compound errors so it's like let's say there's a par three and you go in the, you hit a decent tee shot again you're off 14 you're probably going to strike it quite well you go in the front bunker that's annoying instead of just getting it out and then maybe two put in for a bogey it's either trying to play a shot or not having the confidence and end up either leaving it in or sculling it through the back and next thing it's a five now it's only one shot more but if you do that two or three times around it adds up doesn't it same as in the trees you've done videos on this before if you go into the trees take your medicine chip out and, and, and take the bogey don't worry about it um but that's something you would again learn from playing with better players but for me that's a big one it's just just making those errors not as bad yeah. um how many times you ha- high handicappers who can strike it but they'll just do silly things that they either don't know and then Sorry, the very last one on that, again, I touched on what you've said loads of times, was just that whole thing, and this is, again, I said on the voice note, was that thing of how many people of that kind of ability, again, can play, but they'll get to the fourth hole, which is a par three, and get the eight iron out. I always hit eight iron on here, but the tee's five yards forward, five yards back, the pins in different places, more wind. It's just be a little bit more mindful of your shots. Yeah, definitely. And I think, again, with experience, you don't sound like you've played loads of golf yet, Joe. The more experience you get, you'll get better at that anyway. 
because yes. you you will be thinking less about some other things that you think is really important right now uh, that you might have to consciously be thinking about. That becomes a subconscious, and then you can actually free yourself up to play much better golf. Well, that was, that was good advice for Joe. That was really good advice. You were on form then. Just going back, do you think we cleared up what the clubhouse really is? Do you think people got a bit lost with what it is? <laughs> <laughs> the clubhouse is a, a made-up group that you're in if you've listened to every episode of the podcast. Yeah. It was created as an incentive to people to persevere with it. <laughs> yeah, to get through it, to get through the tough times. Yes, because it's like a, it's like a rainbow, isn't it? There's, um, there's dark clouds in some episodes and there's fruitful sun in the other yeah exactly um i'm gonna bring something back to you here rick okay we've not had for absolutely ages and yes no okay that's still not, i'm not going to them actually <laughs> so if you have got a good nightmare golf shot nightmare golf story uh emails podcast.com this is a listener of the week oh my goodness so some people might not even know what listener of the week is which is quite bad isn't it because wow. you've not done it for that long but listener of the week is uh, a little 30 second appreciation <laughs> we have like vips and v- we've VIPs. got well we've got the vips he was a oh that's gonna annoy me ed brown ed brown was like a vip Derek chen Derek chen was a he was on the wall oh what's it called it doesn't really it doesn't matter, but, the wall no but it doesn't but it's what was he called we'll make the wall the new place okay found and oh what was he can't remember. We'll, we'll we'll pull it back up. I can't remember what that was. But anyway, the listener of the week, just a, just a little thirty second appreciation to get your name kind of read out on the podcast for people that kind of um, are really hardcore fans. So this week's listener of the week is Corey Hawkins. Um, so there's a nice email over um, about how he obviously enjoys the podcast. He really um, was super impressed, Rick, with your Walk 18, and he donated as well. Thank you very which much. The donation wasn't part of having to be a listener of the week, but obviously it really goes without saying that's very much appreciated. Um, but he, the, the usual criteria was send an email, send us some screenshots of all your subscriptions or follows and stuff. He's done all that. He's done all the good stuff. But I think if we do listener of the week again, you know, we're not super bothered about um, necessarily showing us that you've done all those screenshots. Let's make it fresher. What could it be? What, what could we do that's a bit more thoughtful? Show us how you've shared the podcast Okay. Stealing a bit of an idea of Peter Crouch podcast, share the pod, the pod, pass the pod, whatever it's called. Why don't Why don't we look at that? Okay, so if you've searched in, in a unique way, because that little young lad that sent me a post, I do remember. Yeah, par the pod. No, uh, could we? How could we golf it up? Par the pod. That's <laughs> it. Um, Either way, yeah. If, just, if, just... if you've if you've got somebody, ideally the bigger the group, the better into yeah. the podcast. Um, you know, and, and it's not for it's not for us; it's for them, and it's for you. Oh yeah. A, so yeah. you want to share it because I think people, you know, when you share something that you enjoy, you get a kick out of I it. I do do that. I, I love get that. a kick out of it a lot. Um, however, Matt, who's recommended me to watch a Netflix show called Behind Her Eyes, watched it. Horrendous. Really, the worst recommendation of tv program i've ever watched in my life wow so not all recommendations are great so take it with a pinch of salt so to be fair to matt though your recommendations if you're not in it within five minutes you're scrolling out i watched you? it all did you hand on heart i watched it all last episode worst thing i've ever seen in my life i actually wanted my netflix subscription money back <laughs> why doesn't matt just pay you for next month's subscription <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's just a boomer um, that's what it is i must be too old for i had a little stuff. story as well i thought it was quite interesting it, there's not really any point to it but it's quite interesting to me so i'm going to read it out it's from a guy called ellis um and it was something that i can imagine would really don't expect anything much here by the way i just want to preempt that it's, it's right. not it's not amazing but it's just a 
That's all right, Alice. It is amazing. It's a good little story. Just something that I feel like resonated with me. Okay. I want to hear your thought on okay. it. Just, just say it anyway. Um, and it was nothing to do with the fact that he started off with two guy, the greatest driver of a golf ball ever. That nothing wasn't part- to do with No, that, that's irrelevant, that. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, it's a golf story, and it's what's your opinion. So again, let's hear what you've got to say, Rick. It was a sunny, warm day, midweek. Me and my mates had to play some golf. We mostly play weekends, so this was a welcome treat. We were fairly new to the go- to golf at this point and weren't knowledgeable about etiquette you know, too much. We had a dream start. Uh, we're moving along. We had a good few holes. We're moving along quite quickly. We hadn't seen a single person. We arrive on the eighth hole, which is a shot over a blind hill. It's kind of a drivable par four. On a normal day, we'd walk to the top of this kind of hill and have a quick look to see if anybody's down there. Um, but with the circumstances, we knew we were on the kind of golf course on our own. We hadn't seen anyone at all through the first seven holes. So we kind of teed off without looking over the top. Um, Feeling very pleased with my good shot, I hear a man shouting very angrily, and then a buggy, or a golf cart in the US, comes shooting up towards us from the bottom of the hill. He gets out and states states his frustration that I hit my ball that went straight over his head and onto the green. Obviously, we apologise and ask him, is he okay? But then he gets really incredibly angry and gets in our faces and starts nudging us about a little bit. At this point, we just told him to leave us alone, and it was an innocent mistake. Um, to cut it shorter, he leaves. Um, he leaves the course, and then we carry on. Um, at the clubhouse, someone came up to us. Um, sorry, I've, I've missed this out. I've rest, ruined this a little bit. Here. One second. Um, as we sat in the clubhouse, someone came up to us uh, to say that they'd basically seen him cut onto the golf course. He hadn't sat in hold number one, hence why you know we hadn't seen him. He just jumped on the golf course, and we hadn't seen anybody at all on our way round, which is is why we hit our shot. So basically, I want to know your opinion. Um, should we have checked, or was it his fault? Well, that makes sense. If I can ruin the end bit of that. First off, it's a hundred percent something I would have done, being the guy, being him hitting the shot. Yeah, like I, I've accidentally done things like that before not intentionally just one of those things where you didn't realize somebody was like over a hill or you didn't realize somebody was you know still putting when you drove the ball on the green and things like that whatever it may be (laughs) um the the guy who's in question bang out of order really isn't he jumping on the course well obviously jumped out on the golf course but he doesn't have to be a prat about it that's the biggest thing he's not been hit by a ball and i know that's maybe a looking escape and stuff but he's got to realize that you know, if if he hasn't followed the the flow of the golf course, and you know, like the two lads out there sound like they're having a wonderful time in the sunshine, playing a few holes, having a nice casual game of golf. One thing I missed, sorry, then is after he left, and obviously they were they played rubbish then naturally. Oh, so well, of course, angry. annoyed, annoyed, and like after seven holes, and I must admit this is probably the one thing I don't like about golf clubs in general. People are a bit like arsey, aren't they? Sometimes, yeah, you know, because they've and and unnecessarily. As well, I feel like something like that is just an innocent mistake, and it's oh, listen, don't worry, you didn't know I was there. Like, if I was the guy in the buggy, you didn't know I was there. Um, I, I jumped on from number three. How would you have known? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's my my own fault. Luckily, you didn't hit me, but either way, it wouldn't have been your fault, even if you did. Uh, apologize, lads. I'll I'll tell you what I'll do because I'm in a buggy and I'm on my ho- on my own. I'll jump a couple of holes and forward and gal your way. I'm a fan of the three strike rule. So if me and you were playing and somebody behind us drove a ball near us or through us, probably do it a wave and they kind of wave, oh, sorry. Let's say two hours later, they do it again. Kind of a oh. Third time, it's like, right, you're taking the mick now. Do you want to just kind of play through or just stop hitting at us? But you wouldn't go like that, would you? It's something if didn't even hit you and be an absolute idiot about it. No. I have a similar rule than the three strikes. <laughs> First time, 
it gets close to you if they've driven it behind mm-hmm. you. Just just a very subtle heel on top of the ball. <laughs> All right, that's yeah. number one. Just push it into the floor the a little bit. Lie. Just a little bit of a plug lie. Yeah, like like take all this in jest, by the way, everyone. Second one yeah. is the uh, swap in the golf ball. Oh, yeah, okay. So they've hit a brand new Pro V1 down the middle of the fairway. Yeah. Get up there to find a scatty... Pinnacle. Pinnacle. Yeah. Right? Dead old, whatever, right? So that's yeah. number two. Yeah, I like that. And then number three is just complete taking a, taking the golf ball and uh, teeing it up. Yeah. And returning the serve. Okay. So they've hit it to you. You tee it up, you turn around, and you whack it back at them. Yeah. So they're, they're my three. Hey, listen, I've, I followed those rules for the majority of my life. I've actually, this isn't anything I'm proud of. When I was about 18, so over, to probably, no, maybe older than that, but a good, good while ago. Come on, just, I just need to, I feel like I just need to clear up that's something I don't actually do, just oh, in no. case. Yeah, but people got confused that I okay, said things about. This is something I have done, though, I'm going to say right, now. Okay. Um, it, maybe it wasn't 10 years ago, but probably seven or eight years ago, I was at my old golf course, Huffwood Golf Club, eight holes of par three with water in the front of it, quite a nice little hole. Um, and there was um, there was what's the there was a, quite a few occasions where there was human feces in the hole in the cup. Oh, um, and we found out it was uh, young lads. When I say young, I don't mean like ten. I mean like seventeen, sixteen, like at the age where you should know much more. You should always know better. And we got to the hole and we saw someone like doing it. So I like fired a golf shot at, kind of towards them, not actually trying to hit them obviously because it would do some damage, but kind of roughly in that vicinity. And then we kind of chased them, but we never caught them. But that's the kind of scumbags you get on golf courses. That's awful. The only thing with that, though, as well is, unless you stay around to watch people's reactions, which I don't think they really did, because they obviously wanted to get out of it, what, what's the real benefit to doing that in a golf hole? Do you get what I mean? I don't know how these people think. Like, if you're going to sit there in, with a hidden camera and watch, it would be funnier, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be funny? But he'd put... <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Um, another time, actually, I've, I hit this is this isn't a funny story. Actually, this one, but I've, I've hit one on the golf course once. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, at my old got another par three. Weirdly, the 16th, it was really, really downhill, like massively downhill. And we were playing in the, in the winter league probably about six years ago, and the course should have been closed. It was really foggy, but it, it wasn't. It was still open, and we got to hole 16, and we literally you couldn't see more than 10 yards in front of you. Genuinely, it was that bad. And we knew lots of people in front of us because it was a kind of shotgun start. And, and we heard somebody shout. And I thought it sounded like they said the green's clear, which I thought they've said to let us know we can hit. So I hit this iron. And next thing, probably 10 seconds later, I heard people like shouting. We went down and hit one flush on his head. And he had to get taken to the golf club on a buggy. Like seriously quite injured. He was, he, he was fine in the end, My but God. seriously hit him up right on top of the head. So what did they shout? Well, I, I never actually worked out. I think it sounded like don't hit or something, but it sounds like my green's clear. But what I mean is, I didn't understand why you would shout unless you were shouting yeah. to let us know because the shout could because you couldn't hear very well. It sounds weird because it was foggy, so you couldn't yeah, really. Yeah. The noise wasn't travelling very well. But I felt absolutely awful. I felt really. I was really because he got taken off to the, to the to the clubhouse in the buggy, so I kind of ran in behind him because I didn't know how. I didn't actually see him until I got to the car oh park. How bad he was. But it's him right on top of the head. Luckily, he was kind of fine with it. He was obviously a bit dazed. And I, I still worked with Nike, so I gave him a load of balls. I gave him about four dozen balls to kind of say sorry. But that was really quite traumatic, yeah. actually. I would obviously always shout for, but I just couldn't see him. Do you remember? Did you ever know the story about the woman that I hit? No. <laughs> I just clipped that for Twitter. <laughs> it's only they hit you with a driver. <laughs> well, there have been a few instances. I, while you've just been telling that story, I've probably just come up with about five or six real life occasions in my head 
five of them I can't say. Well, you've hit people the, with a golf ball. Things have happened on the golf course. Right. Not hit. I've only I've probably only hit maybe one or two people, but this one was quite bad. So I was playing in the British Masters Pro Am mm-hmm. with Tyrrell Hatton at Woburn. Yeah. So this was two thousand and seventeen. And there was a crowd around naturally because people watched the pro am. And I'm on whichever hole it was, I can't quite remember. It was like a dog leg round the corner. And for the first time all round, I hit a great tee shot. Absolutely split the middle of the fairway and I'm in prime position going down towards the green, right? So I zap it, or I, I didn't have a watch at that point, a GPS watch. So I think I zapped it down towards the, the green. And uh, let's say I had 165 yards left, right? So I'm thinking, oh, it's a bit downhill. I'll, I'll hit a soft eight. I'll hit an easy eight, right? So I'm stood there and I hit this eight iron, right? And I'm, I crushed it. I'm like, oh, that is sweet. That looks unbelievable. Next thing I know, it goes, it looks like it's still going up as it goes past the green. So I've misjudged it, right? Yeah. It's flown right over the green and down like a bit of an embankment, which you can't really see. The next thing I hear is a shriek. Was there a, sh- a or not? No, but well, I think I did. I'm going to cover my you back. Did. I did. You did. Um, and the guy comes up to the top of the hill, like waving his arms oh, and this like the other. Right? So I'm, oh my God. So... I'm stood there. I'm thinking, how have I misjudged that? So I didn't know the I didn't know the severity of it at this point. I'm thinking, how have I misjudged that? I zapped the pin again. It's the wrong distance. I got the tree at the back. Oh, whatever, my right? days. So I've hit it the correct distance for the tree where someone was yeah, stood. Yeah. So I walked down there. There's a woman on the floor, panned oh. out on the floor. How are you right? feeling at this point? Sick. Awful. Awful. Tyrrell Hatton was ribbing me. <laughs> nice one, Tyrrell. I had a load of... Um, a load of... Um, I don't know why they were out of school. It might have been a school, like a massive school load of, of kids who watch my channel all there watching. Because every time I hit a shot, they kept shouting like, light the candle, Rick, and all this, which was quite fun. Walked down there, the woman's panned out on the floor, oh right? I'm thinking, oh my God, proper whacked on the head. So I'm, I feel awful, right? So one of the marshals comes up to me and goes like, you need to like sign a glove for her. And I'm like, she doesn't want a signature. She doesn't want my signature on a glove. Like she has no clue who I am. Who's Rob Spiels? <laughs> like, she has no clue who I am. And uh, he's saying, all right, okay. So I woke up and I'm, I'm really apologetic. I'm really apologizing to, to the husband. I'm really apologizing to the wife. Like horrendous, right? So um, I take her details down. So I get a, a, a address and a phone number off of husband. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, well, at least if I've got something, I can send her something. I can send her some flowers. I can do something. I can. I think I got an email offer as well. So um, I emailed her after almost the same day after and said, I'm really, you know, really sorry again. Please give me your address. I think that's what I did. I got her email offer first. Please give me your address. And I actually sent her a big bunch of flowers oh, and nice. some chocolates. And she reported. So anyway, she got back to me, or her husband got back to me and said, uh, well, it's actually really funny because um, I'm all right now. And it did hurt that day, but I'm all right. Two groups after, uh, my husband got hit by oh, a ball. <laughs> they hadn't moved. They stayed in the same bloody spot. So I kind of, nobody deserves to get hit on a golf course, granted. But if you've been hit once, maybe move locations. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I sent her, a, sent her a big bunch of flowers and some chocolates. And, uh, you know, I felt I felt okay after that. But it was a bit, it was a bit horrible when I smacked her in the head. Do you want a good, good story? I like, I like your storytelling. It's very... I'm just I've hips. got a couple of others which I can't we'll save them. say. We'll, well, maybe what we'll do, maybe. I, don't ever mention this one because did I ever tell you about the squirrel one? 
I'm not sure. We'll save that for off. The squirrel um, ones are not great. <laughs> maybe like around the masters, we'll do like a, a nighttime podcast in the new studio, and we can do like um, it'll have the what's it called? It's got a little thing that's explicit content, and it can be like eighteens uh, only. We can have a couple of beers. And tell I feel all the like squirrel I feel story. like you need you need one where like we're like we've got a guest on the channel today, and then kind of I still come in, but you blur up my face and change my voice, okay. and then I'll tell the stories. It's not really me. It's just someone else um, for legal reasons. So we've had loads of good Facebook <laughs> questions and um, we're going to come on to... Might only get through a couple of them now, actually, but we can always save some for next week or whatever. Um, I've got another bit of tour news too. Bore off tour news. I'm thinking of a clip for the, for possibly for the YouTube channel no, here, so make, well. make sure I the think, cameras got, are ready. I've got one for the um, YouTube. This one is from... And I want you to be kind of genuinely now, be quite serious with this one. Um, I think always. it's from... Old, Aiden or Owen, it looks like it's either a Welsh or Irish name, so I'm, I'm not too sure how to um, pronounce it. But anyway, it's a great question. Serious answer now. Who does Rick Shields think is the best YouTube golfer? So, obviously, I don't mean, oh, Tiger's got a video on YouTube, he's the best. Genuinely now, out of the guys that make content, or guys and girls that make content on YouTube actively, who do you think is the best golfer I feel like this should be a simple answer, but I'm struggling. Um, who do you, who and do why the best golfer on YouTube? Because a lot of people, you've got all the good, good lads. You've got your Andy Carter, you've got your Peter uh, yeah. Finch. Okay. You've, there's loads okay. of people to choose from. There's probably a couple that spring to mind already, just because I know that he's done quite well in results. Someone, and he's, he's more of an established player, but like a Dan Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. I believe he's pretty good, and his brother's really good. So he, I think he's done well in local events. Um, I think Pete's game is definitely getting better from what I'm seeing. You know, I think he's on a big quest for distance at the moment. Uh, but I think he has potentially got the the pedigree to be a good player. Um, Matt Fry is terrible. No <laughs> <point>. <laughs> uh, Andy Carter's not much better. If Andy could, Andy put, Carter's quite good. At if me. he could put, he's not a great putter. But when you're saying not that good, are you saying that you're better than Carter? Oh, God, yeah. Do you think? I wouldn't say so. I'm joking. Definitely. Do you think you are better than Carter? Um, Be honest now. No, because he, he has got... No, he, he is better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I hate to admit it, but he is. Um, I'm trying to think. Best players. Okay, then. I'll give you a second to think about that, then. I'm going to ask you another question that's kind of still on the same topic. I want you to give me three golfers on YouTube who are... Better than you, you're happy to admit. Okay. You're happy to admit, but you will admit. And then three golfers who you think you could beat. And not in a beef way, there's no beef, just who you think you would beat over 18 holes. So who's the three that you couldn't beat or you don't think you would beat first? Who couldn't Who couldn't who, I beat? Yeah, who, who would you not fancy playing against who you do think would probably nine times out of ten beat you or eight out of ten times, whatever it might be? Well, that's the, I don't know if anyone would nine out of ten times beat me. All right, they're not nine out of ten. More often than not, then. Um, well, statistically, I think I'd have to put Pete probably in that category okay. currently right now. Even though I still know I can beat him, most time he would probably beat me, yeah. which is fine. Um, I'd probably put... Oh, God. Like I said, which is fine at the end. <laughs> which is fine. I can deal with it. <laughs> um, I should be able to name a lot more people here, shouldn't I? Um, who can beat me? Who can definitely beat me? Can you add to this? I do think Carter would personally, but not every not. All. Yeah, but it's not every. It's not. I'm not saying every time, but I'm saying 
if you all had handicaps, which you don't because you're all PGA or you're all turn pro, yeah. like Pete's handicap would be lower than yours, let's say. Yeah. Would Carter's be lower than yours? I don't mean you can't beat him or play better, but who would you say? Yeah, probably. Just. <laughs> Is there anyone else? Um, Any American lads? I'd say uh, Mika from GM, Go- uh, GM Golf's cousin. Is he good? I think so. I never see results, so I just see what about? about. Um, right then, three that you could beat. Wes Bryant would beat me. He's yeah, but and other one, George Bryant would beat me. I think. Is it other one then? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this, this is going on YouTube. This clip. I know. Yeah, I'm not making it great. Right, who do you, who do I think I can beat? Yeah, Piers Ward from me and my golf. Yeah, can we get pictures of everybody on here as well? By the way, in the edit. <laughs> um, I think I can beat Matt Fryer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I can beat um, Garrett Clark. James Robinson. I thought when you say Garrett Clark, then just for the YouTube views. I think we would have a good match, me and Garrett. There's your title of your thumbnail. <laughs> um, I think I can beat um, probably most people south of Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I'd beat, even though I said Dan Henriksen's good, I think I could beat him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd back myself. I'm pretty good. I'm, you know, I've been working hard. Do you remember last episode or whatever? You said, I've seen you play more golf than anybody. I'm just sat here quiet, so make it out what you will. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a, joking. I'm a bulldog when it comes to match play. Like I'm, I'm, oh, no, this isn't match. This is stroke play. Oh, God, no, well, <laughs> if it's stroke play, but everyone above me. No, if it's match play, I genuinely believe... I am a good competitor in match play. You know what's going to be really annoying? We'll finish this podcast and there'll be loads of people we think of that we didn't mention. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Either way, if it's match play, genuinely, I would back myself against most people. I know it sounds ridiculously big-headed, well. but match play is a different animal. And I can play match play. Stroke play, I just know I've got bad holes all See, the I think time. when we next play, I want to take you on at stroke play. Okay. Because I think match play, you probably will just beat me. But if we play, I think you've got six birds in the locker, but you've also got possibly a 12. Oh, easy. So that's where I'd try and <laughs> count my chickens. <laughs> well, that was a good cliff. Anyway, that'll be on the second channel. Um, there's a player one. who has just dropped out of the world top 100, mm-hmm. best players in the world. Yeah. And they've been there for 28 Years. Have I got a guess who it is? You can do, or I can just tell you. Jim Furyk. Phil Mickelson. Really? Yeah. Wow. What do you think about that? Phil Mickelson, after being <laughs> top uh, top 100 players in the world, has now dropped out. Even Tiger didn't do that, did he, when he was off and everything? He was dropped well yeah. down. Wow. 28 years he's been top 100. Do you think in some regard, though, for someone like a Phil Mick, world rankings borderline not even relevant, is it? Because he's still Phil Mickelson. He's still most one of the most famous golfers in the world. Probably the top five most famous golfers in the world. It, it probably just affects him when it's if it's any tournaments he can't get in. But there'll be many, though. Will he not WGT? Oh, WGC, yeah. sorry. I don't so he'll get another major to. still off. Yeah, well, he's others. obviously won the Open. He's won the Masters. So he's, he, he's going to get those stat, and those. I just thought, I, when I just saw it, I thought, obviously, I think he's edging more towards the kind of senior tour. And I think he'll be an unbe- unbelievable on there, player on senior tour. Again, going back to what we talked about with Lee Westwood earlier this year, uh, early this year, <laughs> this podcast, it feels a long time ago now. Like, how good has he done for so long? Like, he's yeah. always been in Tiger's shadow. 
and he'll probably admit that. But he's also there was a, a, a fierce rivalry between the two early de- early doors. But now you know he, he, they're almost seem like quite pally, don't they? Really, mm. like they almost seem quite matey, and he almost respects Tiger. You know what it's like? A bit like two old boxers where yeah. they fought in the day and they hated each other. I'm not saying they hate each other, but you know what I mean? And then now they kind of really respect each other. But you know what's mad? You know, at the start of the podcast, we came on to best place to never won a major. I still remember because he won his first Masters in 04. I know. I still remember him of not winning a major and being in them conversations. And Correct. now he's won five majors. And he's, I said his first one was 04. But I still remember that. Yeah, I still almost I feel like I remember that so clearly. I, oh, I can't believe Phil Mickelson won a major. Well, think about it. It was, you know, Phil Mickelson was on the scene when Tiger came on in 97 and won the Masters. Yeah. He then had to wait seven years of Tiger dominance, really. I wonder how many majors he would have won without Tiger. Oh, God, I don't know. Ridiculous. Well, having said that, so you'd have to look at the ones. He came, he came, he's come second in the US Open a load of times. Whether any of those ones at Tiger won, they probably yeah, were. But... but even just for like everything else, almost like if there was no Tiger, he would have been the man. All the, He would have been the, the number ego one player in the world. You know what's mad then, looking at this? And I think this is, my maths isn't the greatest. He was 33 when he fun, won his first major. Which you think about 33? We're saying wow. before, right, Ricky Fowler. Fowler. If he's got another two years before he has to win anything to be in the same... And then he could win five more. Exactly. Yeah, I just found it really interesting. I think for someone who who is so um, such a character out on tour and what he's doing with his fitness and his ball speed and trying to hit the ball further, uh, for him to t- drop out the world top 100, like I say, it might not affect him. He yeah, might not be bothered one still bit. A little stat, though. I just thought it was quite an interesting thing I read this morning. Another good question then off the Facebook group, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. I don't know what you're going to say, and you probably don't know either, but from Michael Wallace, he said, if Rick could... Um, would he buy TaylorMade Golf for one billion? I think that's what it's come for sale at the minute. TaylorMade Golf. I feel like this for a billion. I think I've seen that already. The billion. It might not be. Don't quote me on that. But I think we might pull up some stats again and put them on the screen. So if we film this bit, but let's just say it is a billion anyway. And he said, um, "What would you change?" So let's just pretend you are buying it. Not could you? Because you, you wouldn't spend a million, a billion dollars on that, would you? I but don't if you, know. If you could, does it get me a collaboration with all the all the players? <laughs> yeah, you'd be you and Tiger. But what would you know? I know. It, not from a business point as such, because that's not really our massive world, is it? But from a from a branding and product, and you know, if it was your baby, you are now Rick Shields, CEO, president, wow. owner, big cheese at TaylorMade Golf. What's your two to three year like? What would you What would you plan be on product, and what what would you What would you do? Good question, isn't it? It's mm. a really good. Question. I had to think this morning. I was struggling. Well, now that the second YouTube channel is doing really well, there's a possibility we might we might be able to get to this point. Uh, for me, what would I do? God, I was thinking slag off these brands. Product right? wise, what would you think of athlete wise? Okay, well, let's go product wise first. Um, I would, and again, I'd, I'd have to crunch the numbers because if you if the owner then. Your emphasis changes quite a bit, doesn't it? Let's not take it too literally, though. Let's just be like creative with it. Okay. Because you might say, do this, but it might not be viable. But let's just go creative. What would you do? I would like to think, if the numbers would allow it, I know it's not, <laughs> I would like to be a little bit more um, transparent, maybe with my driver releases. Okay. And release the new TaylorMade driver. So let's let's say we started, at, let's say I took over now. Yeah. And 2022 was my first year in charge. Like that, I, I'm monitoring that, mm-hmm. that those products now i would just basically call it i'd call a new tailor-made one driver just call it that tailor-made one right use all the technology that we've used 
but have this idea that that driver's going to be around for like three years. Really? Right? And say that to people. Mm -hmm. Say that, right? This is, right now, as the law of, of golf is allowing us to do right now, this is the best driver we can possibly, possibly, possibly make. We can't make it any better than this, right? Right now. Um, we're going to sell it for £350. <laughs> okay. Christ. But that price is going to stay fixed for three years. No discounting. £350, that's it, right? I don't think I'd last very There's long. There's going to be some people from Taylor Made stumble across this clip thinking, what on earth? So then... I'd probably do that quite similar through the lineup. Mm-hmm. So all the irons that just have tailor-made one iron, tailor-made two iron, tailor-made three iron. Sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Much more sleek, like much sleeker designs. Um, I would, again, be transparent. These are, these are, these clubs are coming out for three years, right? <laughs> well, Mr. Shields, just lost yourself a billion dollars. <laughs> it's all right. I'm having fun. Um, I would then, um, next time three years down the line 2025 so i'll have three years off basically right. we just sell product for three we'd crush it but i'm a sales rep at taylor made okay you're my boss we won't have sales reps I i'm am. making all that i'm making you redundant right for this role play i'm your sales okay. rep um mr shields can't call you rick because you're the boss okay uh, i've got an account that's a really good customer and they've noticed that because the driver is two and a half years old and all the customers have been told there's a new one coming in six months no one's buying a tailor-made one driver that's just sitting on the shelf well we've got a load of stock we're gonna have to discount it but you said we're never gonna discount drivers well first off i'm, I'm only doing direct to consumer <laughs> so i'm closing all accounts with tailor-made so you won't see it in any any golf shop right so where do you try it uh virtually <laughs> <laughs> So Correct. I'm going to spend another billion <laughs> on a virtual golf app yeah. that you, you get your phone yeah. and we're going to we're going to distribute these these glasses right yeah. and what you do you get these glasses and you can put your phone <laughs> into <laughs> what is going on here into the glasses and it will send you to a virtual driving range yeah. that will be like the best ever like like Cedar Creek or whatever it's called. And you stood there, and mm. you can you can choose what swing you'd like to use. You can use your own. <laughs> can I try it with Tiger Swing, please? <laughs> you can. Okay. We'll program it with Tiger Swing or yeah. your swing or whatever it may be. And in your living room, you can be holding whatever, and it'll feel like you're holding a golf club. Yeah. And you'll swing it, and you'll and the sounds, the feels. You'll have the wind blowing through your hair. You'll have the sensation of striking these amazing golf shots. And when you when you look up to the sky and you see the, the tracer of this amazing tailor-made one driver that's just crushed it, mm-hmm. all the data would come up on screen yeah. like, through your phone, through your eyes. Um, and you'd be able to, you can even, this is what's great, you can even test it against other competitors. But obviously, it'll perform better because you programmed it. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so you can pick up a Callaway driver, but the tailor-made one will still outperform it. Um, you, can, you can then... Wander over, you can have a little walk to the putting green and chipping green, and and there you'd have actually Ricky Fowler giving you putting lessons and telling you what ball you should use. And actually, going back to that, a McElroy was the guy who's fitting you virtually for your driver. Yeah, and that's an experience, right? Yeah, yeah. You then, while your clubs are being built by Dustin Johnson, I don't think I'd want Dustin Johnson building them actually. Keep Chris Trot on board because he's doing a good job for yeah. made. It can stay yeah. virtually. Yeah, for no staff. He works from home on a green screen. Correct. Yeah. Um, while you're waiting, you sat on the little patio and comes along Tiger and just chats to you. 
Yeah. Hey, Rick. Like, really, like, AI taken to the next level. I, I just saw you, Rick, hitting that driver, or saw your guy hitting that driver on the tee. Wow. This is Tiger saying this. Wow. If you don't buy that £350 tailor-made one driver, you're missing out. Because you know it's better than the Callaway and the Ping and everything else. I just want to take a second to say what I thought you were going to say, something on the lines of, I keep the ball the same name for a few years to build a franchise and strengthen it. I didn't think you were going to be on the route of, you've worked goggles, tigers in your bedroom. <laughs> the other thing, to, to get rid of that idea that we have stock, mm. six months before the next product launch, we stop selling product. So no product so sold. two and a half years. Two and a half years. So what about all the people that take the game up a golf and that, that in that six months... And there's no tailor-made drivers to buy. They're going to go to Callaway instead, aren't they? No, they've not got virtual reality. Because what you can do in the meantime, <laughs> we can send you a prototype right. of the new of the new tailor-made one driver that's going to come out in 2025. Great. Well, um, have you heard of these things with NFTs? <laughs> yeah, the, these non-transferable trading, whatever they are. I wonder if that's something that golf brands might do in the future, where you can buy, like, so this sounds so ridiculous to say now, and everyone listening will say this is absolute nonsense, but if you can almost buy, like, virtual golf clubs or products that you can't actually use, but they're, they're weird in it, but yeah. who knows? Just thought that made kind of... I I think I'm on something, and if Taylor may want to give me a... Maybe give me a discount on the, on the company, because mm-hmm. they can see the vision moving forward. That'll really help. I can imagine it. There's people telling to listen to this, or if we use it as a clip on YouTube, watching it, thinking they seen a title. And oh, not what's going to say. Maybe add some value <laughs> to us that we could kind of use the insight of the world's biggest club reviewer. See what he says. And they're watching this. They've not even got this far. They've turned off by now. Thinking, oh my god, <laughs> why do we send that guy clubs? I was actually thinking, on a serious note, keeping the ball, keep that name TP5, build that franchise because Pro V1 has got the franchise. Is there a possibility for TaylorMade? They won't probably do this, but come out with some categories. Come out with wedges. No, just be driver brand. No, I like how they're doing. All right, let, can I give a serious answer then? You can, but only in a couple of minutes because it might be getting boring now. That was the fun answer. Okay, got ninety seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I would do personally, if I was TaylorMade, is each year obviously evolve on the on the driver technology, but. Maybe maybe don't be quite as ballsy when you say that twist face is gonna stay forever. Mm. Because it kinda of backs you into a bit of a corner. When it doesn't, yeah, and when, when like speed injection twist face, like they are gonna change that at some point. Yeah. And for me they're gonna have a bit of egg on the face at some point. Where I feel like if they just came out and went, you know, this is this is this year's latest technology, it might if we find it successful it'll stay around for next year or whatever it may be, but it doesn't kind of just back them into too much of a corner. But to be honest, again, I've seen companies say really bold things about products and next year completely changed mm. the mind anyway so i don't think it sticks for that long um i think they're doing a really good job with the ball i think a ball's really cu- getting on traction um i think like the spider putter lineup and things like that is doing really well i think the wedge are doing well i think that their iron lineup is cleaner this year it's a good iron lineup this year definitely. i still just feel like they shouldn't bring out a sim 2 and a sim a, a sim 2 max irons personally like, well, it should be part of the Iron family, like just a chunkier P800 or yeah, something. Yeah, just, just sack off. When when companies bring out drivers, and TaylorMade aren't the only company, a lot of other companies do this, they'll bring out a driver of a, of a name and then bring out irons to complement it. And I don't think it's always needed, really. It works with Ping. 
Yeah, it, it does. But possibly because they just have numbers, they're not like different names yeah. every year. Just... It's because it's because of dates. If if you had an M1 set of irons now, an M2, they feel kind. No offense if anyone's got them, they're great irons. They feel old, don't yeah. they? Whereas like a G, even a G10 irons are ancient in a sense, but they still feel like the ping Gs. Yeah, and I suppose that's the difference with ping only bringing out products every eighteen months to two years. They can kind of get away with that a little bit yeah. more. Um, the other thing as well, I'd, I'd probably do something similar with fairway woods. I'd bring out. Just a, a, a separate fairway lineup that has its own name. So it doesn't have to sit with Sim 2. Mm-hmm. Like, it can just be the V-Steel. Like, just just mm. bring that out as its own branding. That's Our our woods this year are going to be called Sim 3. Our fairway woods that we bring out in the summer are going to be called V-Steel. Our irons are going to be the P lineup. Our wedges are going to be the, whatever they're called. I can't remember High toes. High the toes. MG grind, the MG grinds. grinds. Putters are going to be spider and variation of blades. Ball is going to be TP5 with a few little pixels and stuff like that. Good. I'd probably sign more young talent. They've done a good job with that, like Matt Wolf and stuff like that. Um, I like the one. I must admit, I do like what they've done with the player stable they've got. Mm-hmm. They've not got loads of players that they used to have. They've got a they've really got the best. They've they? got the best, the best players. Some of the best, definitely. Um, Great. So that was a more serious answer. Yeah, that was good. We probably won't use that in the clip if we're using oh. clipping it up. But, um, and then we get the VI, vi- virtual reality <laughs> phone stuck to your eyes. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, rate it on Apple. Give us five stars. Emails podcast at rickshields.com. Um, new Twitter account at rickshieldspod. Um, anything else to add? How long has this gone for now? A while. Over an hour. Oh, yeah. Comfortably. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you do everything that Guy's mentioned. Um, in truth, though, I'd probably take over the company. It's <laughs> all the way home now. We should have said this. I'd employ, employ you. You'd be real staff. Yeah. And I'd be in a, a yacht in Aruba. I'd do all the hard work. you chill out like normal. And... <laughs> See you later. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.